Well, hello. Once again, you have found a Texas Steampunk Connection. Broadcasting to you throughout the multiverse, Steamverse, from our various bunkers and airships. With me, as always, is Fax, Gentleman Adventurer. Hello, hello. <laughs> with me is Jack from Steam Chest. Hello. <laughs> and we have with us today, Master Blue Stocking from <laughs> Steampunk Dollhouse Podcast. So once again, we are here to talk oh, probably about Steampunk, most likely. That's what this is about. Thank you for listening to the Texas Steampunk Connection. So that's my first time seeing that, and that is so cool. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That yeah, cool. you uh, you haven't been on on the show since uh, Flavio passed away last year. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do now. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I know we've already got uh, Mick and Rita uh, following us on Facebook. Um, you may have noticed that Blue, Blue Stocking is not able to join us tonight. Um, we've talked with her many times about her her uh, PhD stu- study that she's been doing and all the work and, and, and books she's had to uh, read and report on. I, I don't even know at all. But uh, uh, she's finally coming up to the end, and uh, her time is, is very nice. uh, full right now. So she couldn't make it tonight. Um, she is, uh, finishing a, her evening class and she is falling asleep and that's, that's all she's got. So, uh, she's still around, but not, not able to make it tonight. We got a sleepy blue stocking. Uh, you may have also noticed funny in my head. If you're a regular, uh, watcher of the program, we were not here two weeks ago. And that is a fun story too. (laughs) Um, because I posted a meme that is common across the internet, but the, uh, Facebook computers didn't like it and immediately nipped that in the bud, uh, made it unviewable and put me in Facebook jail and asked me if I was having suicidal thoughts, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which which I wasn't uh, till then. And um, so we weren't able to stream last uh, two weeks ago because thanks because I got in trouble. It associated me with this program for some reason. Uh, and we weren't able to convince it otherwise. Yeah. Yes, the robot thought you were in danger. So there's there's that. But fan danger. Uh, <laughs> I'm in danger. You know, if I'm in danger, that's none of your business. You're a stupid computer. No one asked you. If I want to talk about the geopolitical issue issues of oil, I will. That's my own that's my own <laughs> danger. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Let's uh let's get this party started. Anybody drinking anything tonight? No. Sweet sweet tea. I mean, it's in the other room. <laughs> Ooh, sweet tea. Oh yes, Jack had to sneak into his uh, secret hideout earlier um, mm-hmm. and left his drink behind. That's oh. yeah. I'm gonna have to go dive out for it in just a second. Sweet tea, however, that's that's important. It's a Texas staple, um, and I feel like people in other states don't understand sweet tea. In any restaurant, it says, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have sweet tea, but we we have iced tea and you can add sugar to it. Doesn't know what sweet tea is. Or it's raspberry. Like you say sweet tea and they bring you raspberry tea. And I'm like, no. I mean, I feel like raspberry tea could be Texas sweet tea. It's probably not. No, it's not the same. It does. It. It. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's not the same. <laughs> I know how to explain it. At least okay. I have. I have an opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are not in Texas, um, 
or who are new to living here, maybe, this is how you make sweet tea. You make tea, like boiling in a pot, and you add sugar to the tea while it's hot. Continue to add sugar to the tea until it no longer will hold sugar in the water. What, what scientists call a supersaturated solution. And then you put ice in it and ice it down to ice cold. But the sugar is still saturated in that water. So you can't just add sugar to cold water. It will never get as sweet as Texas sweet tea. Really? Uh, is, that, is that the process? It, so, it so Weatherford has an entire like yeah. little restaurant hut dedicated to nothing but tea. It's called HTO. It's my favorite place in the whole world. <laughs> so, do I, they I, have Texas sweet tea? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's all I get is, is the regular sweet tea because they've got a whole bunch, but um, the regular sweet is definitely Texas. So I would generally assume that a proper tea shop wouldn't have anything close to texas sweet tea um so that's interesting well um it's not really a tea shop like you would think it's just really like not. a fast food like a fast food restaurant for tea Tex, sorry go on did, did you leave the hideout he can't hear okay yes, oh he okay <laughs> well I, sweet tea is awesome and i applaud mm -hmm. you thank you <clears throat> I had to put a handkerchief on my on my mug because it's too cold. <laughs> yeah, those, those pewter like Renfair mugs. Yep, they are uh, they're cool looking, but they suck the, the cold right out of your drink and so stick it into your hand. If you put the ice in first, and you let it sit there. It gets it cold, and then you throw that ice out, and you get new ice with the drink, and it's fine. Okay. But you still need a mitten to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. If on it, I just put a handkerchief on it, and it's probably going to stay there for the rest of season. So. <laughs> Speaking of wonderful drink holders, this is actually a great one, and it's Ooh. one that has the like, a buffalo on it. I picked it up at Walmart. It's double insulated, and it keeps your coffee hot for like six hours. Is like, it an Arctic? It might be Arctic. It doesn't. Let's see here. Look at the lid. Uh, oh, it's silver <laughs> buffalo. Oh, okay. So it's an off-brand. It's an off-brand Arctic, essentially, or off-brand. Yeah, it's you know the technology. Um, and so I don't. I love this one for like ten bucks. I get the equivalent of what a thirty-dollar cup does. And um, <laughs> yeah. Well, today because it's I, I found it on sale. Now that they're actually selling it, not just it's just at the service station near me, but actually at HEB, we have Yinling Lager in oh, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. larger amount now. Yeah, so now that they're of, importing that, it's everywhere. Yeah. I'm happy. It tastes good. It's just a good, decent beer. It's not. A, it's not. It's not overly exciting, but it's one of those things that I can think about a long, hard day of claims adjusting for people. Uh, <laughs> well, not actually mean the claims adjusting, but me just taking calls and getting them to the claim people. It's just nice. It's been a long day. A lot of. We don't need any more tornadoes. Quit that crap. Oh, so you were dealing. Oh no, you were dealing with the Austin area. I am on the east side. I was between two tornadoes that went like this. And uh, one was about half a mile from my house. And uh, my friend's house, which I was helping clear up today, completely looked like you just tore it open with a can opener and laid it out like this, miffed it up, and then dropped it on a rock and broke the you know the floor. So everything was like this. Yeah. Fun. So my, my work has another office in Jacksboro. Uh-huh. 
And so my boss lives in Jacksboro and was in her car in the tornado. <laughs> um, their their high school gymnasium looks like it's a like a can of tuna just like ripped mm. off the, the top of the roof. Um, pretty bad. So. Yeah, not fun. Yeah, but everyone's safe. My boss is fine. She's great. Her two kids are fine. That's good to hear. Yes. No one wants their boss to die in a tornado. Yes. It just makes things awkward at the workshop. I need to stop real quick. And uh, okay. I did not introduce Natalie McCavish, who was with us tonight. I halfway did. I was explaining why Blue Stocking wasn't here, and then I got distracted. It's okay. Like, 45 minutes before the show, we got noticed that she wasn't going to make it. I'm like, Natalie, can you be on our show real quick? And like, okay. You're awesome. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you. The sheriff at Steampunk November? Is that who you are? Yes. Um, yes and no. Technically, Kenneth is the sheriff. I'm just the deputy, I guess. I don't know. but You're the one that makes everything work. He just, um, yeah. he just runs around holding the star. You're, you're the guy that runs around making everything work. You're the one yeah. who doesn't get shot. Do the thing! Yep, I'm the one that doesn't get shot. <laughs> Now I know who to shoot. That's oh yeah. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what am I drinking tonight? So while he's doing that, while we were, I'm sorry to bug you, Thax, oh, but go ahead. I know you're not. What is the name of your association? We always want to cover that. And, Mine. Yeah. Uh, we are the Airship Goliad, uh, the Rangers of the Sky. Because um, um, that's what we are out at Steampunk November. We just go by Airship Goliad. Um, I throw people in jail for a dollar a minute, take the picture, make a big scene. <laughs> Hang so people's wanted posters. Yes. Yeah. You Love guys it. had a lot of fun over there. Yeah. Getting locked up was one of the highlights of the last Steve Oak November I went to. We'll have to get you locked up next time. <laughs> All right. Now let's move on. I apologize. I had to. Okay. Okay. So Ukraine has been in the news a lot lately. Yes. And uh, we'll probably talk more about that. But Erica, my wife, uh, happened across this Ukrainian drink called Horilka, which um, basically is a Ukrainian uh, word for effectively vodka okay. or other strong spirit. Uh -huh. But uh, in the in the YouTube video that Erica is watching, they talked about this one that's made with honey and chili peppers uh, that looking at wikipedia um ukrainians called pertsivka and of course i had to I, I wanted to have some of this so i went down to wine and more and and they Lo and behold or they have they have a few this is the one that i most easily found on my way home wow how, how much of that did you drink before you got it home it turns out my wife really likes this oh <laughs> uh, what does it taste like i'm having um a shot of tonight it's 80 proof, so it's it's straight up vodka. Uh -huh. And there is a, it's hard to see because it's ice cold, but there's a chip <laughs> that uh, uh, you can't see it. What's it? But it, it's been soaking in there. It used to be red, now it is a pale white because it has been bleached out by uh, the liquor. And yeah, you're supposed to keep it you know, ice cold so it's in the freezer. Yep. And uh, that is what I'm trying tonight. So yeah, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, anytime Flavio was given a any kind of hard liquor, all he would say is, "It tastes like burning." <laughs> and this uh, does. Yes. Not only is it you know eighty proof vodka, 
but it's also got that pepper um, flavor in it. Oh, that's <clears throat> it's nice. It's it's not you know gonna make you cry, but it's it's a little burning in the throat there. Some uh, of the my dad calls that type of alcohol cough syrup. <laughs> so and coming out of the freezer, it has the it has the consistency of cough syrup. But that's like when you get really good vodka and you drink it and you don't taste it until it hits the bottom of your stomach and all you feel is just cold. And then it just blooms warmth upwards as like you're like, like, oh, I swallowed something I shouldn't have. And I'm going critical from the inside out. And then you just feel so warm and fuzzy. And like, oh, no, this is good. That's good vodka. It's hard to find good vodka that like that without it being like exceedingly triple distilled and expensive. Yeah. So this one is not good vodka, technically. Oh, okay. It was a sort of a plastically chemical flavor, and oh. I did not pay a whole lot for it. Oh, um, yeah. When I go back, when this bottle is empty soon, I will be mm -hmm. looking for maybe a higher grade Morelka yeah. to replace with. But the pepper was fun. Ah, so it has a pepper bird cherry in it, right? Is that what you were saying? It's, it, it's a it's a long, narrow uh, chili. Oh, chili. Okay. When I first saw it, I was like. Is that a worm? <laughs> Vodka worms? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think it's a thing, but you know. I mean, eating the tequila worm is apparently one of those delicacies that you will try. You should at least have once in your life. What? I don't know if you ever want it more than once. Eating the worm in the bottle of tequila? Yeah. No. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> it so, does sound like a terrible thing. Do you know why they put the worm in there? You know, it's been so long. No, I didn't remember. <laughs> Go for it. Let's do it. Um, Story wait. time with facts. Tell me which which brand of tequila does this. So it's not really tequila. It's a uh, um, mezcal. Okay. Uh, in Mexico, it's it's a lot like tequila, um, but it is made with funky water with lots of uh, heavy metals in it and stuff that you should not drink so because it can make you go blind. This is a don't drink the water incident. Right. So they <laughs> drop the worm in, a live worm in, and the, all those heavy metals and toxins will seep into the worm. So mm -hmm. you don't have to drink them. Oh. It's like a filter. So when you eat the worm, you're eating the filter with all the crap in it that you weren't supposed to eat all at once. <laughs> So there was a uh, not a commercial, a, a really funny comic way back when I was in college. And apparently the guy just read the book Dune and then had tequila for the first time. And he blended the two together. And it was like the waters of life. The sleeper must awaken. And then like the character drank it. And then the next day was like just puking himself dead in the toilet. But uh, I don't know. The whole worm thing, I guess, is in there somewhere. Uh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I don't like tequila, so I'm definitely not gonna like tequila adjacent. So, but you, yeah. do you like margaritas? No, actually, I really? don't. Really? Okay, yeah. never mind then. No. You, you, I'm assuming you like rum, though. Rum, rum's a good way. So, daiquiris are your thing. Yes. Okay, that that that's acceptable. Or just rum thrown into Sprite, because you know, <laughs> rum and Sprite is fantastic. I I did that in college a lot. Actually, rum in um, uh, not not soda. What the hell? Uh. Or, no, the um, the one that puts your stomach to ease. Ginger ale. Ginger ale is fantastic. Rum and ginger ale go really well together. I drank a lot of that, probably too much of that, while playing Eve Online through college. I had to get my pirate on. Right. Yeah. 
Um, the very dangerous mix is uh, vodka and Mountain Dew, just to let you know. Oh, yes. Um, you cannot taste the vodka. <laughs> and so you're hyped up on Mountain Dew <laughs> and drunk at the same time. So. The terrible one that was going through my college at the time was, um, let's do uh, Red Bull and vodka. We went to the same college, Jack. That's right. I keep forgetting. It's because we didn't go right at the same time. You weren't my right. friend then. Right. We would have had too much fun in the community. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I- I'm being told by Lex that Red Bull and bubblegum vodka is... It's like you're chewing on carbonated bubblegum. It's, it's like you're chewing on carbonated bubblegum. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. Why not? I like this idea. Red Just add some Pop Rocks and it can be really funky. There's no- Doesn't yeah. make an effect. Oh, Okay, well, that's already been tested, and I've been told it was a bad idea. Oh, no. We're getting into weird stuff over here. (laughs) This is us breaking out of jail. Facebook jail. Yay! Talk about With the deputy. Yep. Have you shot the sheriff? Unhinged. So since we missed out uh, last episode, a lot of things have happened. Uh, Yes. Because we didn't actually get to go over what we wanted to the last episode. Mardi Gras happened. Yep. Alcon happened. Alcon happened. Ukraine's being invaded. Yep. Still being invaded. You know, I, I thought this would burn out pretty quickly, and it's been a month now. Well, I mean, yeah. the Russian military's kind of stuck. They can't back out right now. <laughs> they can stop driving in. They're they really not pushing much more else in right now. <laughs> They're just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. No, that was fun. I oh, so that happened, or St. Patrick's Day, if right. you prefer. So how was all calm? Are you there? Yeah, I was there. Um, it was a lot of fun. I've never been to Alcon before. Um, it's a it's a small it's a small convention compared to like Acon, and um, it was described to me as mature con, which I would back that because nobody acted like idiots. Yeah, um, I I love that con because it's just big enough, and the fact is I'm usually one of the only other steampunks in the group that is doing well usually all of us are doing panels so it's like everybody has all their tables in one area and we're all doing t- panels in the same room and it's just us all rotating in and out doing panels yeah but uh i don't know how that is today how was it post-covid so, so there was like there was like a tiny steampunk convention in their own separate room room m uh no it was the blue bonnet room oh we had the blue bonnet room this yeah <laughs> we're moving up with the- and um no, it was really cool. I I wasn't really around for many panels. I was only there on Saturday. Gotcha. Um, I was there for the tea dueling, and that was a lot of fun. Watching people who have never experienced tea dueling try their hand at it. <laughs> Best story about Alcon tea dueling I have. So, okay. so we had we start, explain okay. what tea dueling is for those oh. of us who haven't uh, haven't done this. Since you have just recently done it. Okay, so um, tea dueling is where two um, opponents sit across from each other with their cups of tea, and they have a shortbread cookie, and they get to dunk their shortbread cookie in the tea for like five to ten seconds, and then they pull their shortbread cookie out, and they stare at each other and try to make the other cookie break. And then they try to eat the cookie, and whosoever cookie crumbles first loses. And there is a lot of mad smack talking sometimes that goes on while you're holding that cookie up like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're you're just trying to get everybody. And if that cookie's holding, they got some really good ideas because they've had some cookies that they didn't realize were going to be as good at holding up that were glazed on one side with sugar. <laughs> and so they make you get up and do like the I'm a little teapot dance while trying to hold this cookie to keep from falling apart. So that didn't happen this year. They okay. found cookies that didn't have the sugar coating. Oh. Um, but they had like designs on them. And there were certain designs that were holding up better than the other one. Amazing. The strategy of choosing the right cookie on that plate. Because they put yeah. only so many on there and you get to like choose your weapon kind of deal. Right. Oh. Yeah, the idea is the last person to, eat, to successfully eat the cookie wins. Yes. Yes. Right. So you're 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 not going to be the one to eat the cookie first. The strategy is you can eat the cookie first if you think the other guy has waited. It's almost like a weird game of chicken when you're playing with these cookies because you're watching the soak layer happen on this cookie. Yeah. And you're like staring down the other person past your own cookie where like the camera focus changes on the other person back to your cookie back to them as you're trying to like figure out. When is the strategic time to eat this cookie where you can get it to your mouth before it falls all over your face or wait just long enough to do it so that when they go for it, it kill it. This falls apart in their face. It's a completely interesting and scary and wonderful, stupid sport that I want to see on TV because the camera angles would be hilarious. So, and you uh, can lose and still have respect. Oh yeah. The, the cookie falls all over you. You've mm -hmm. lost all respect. You're just a mess. Right. Um, so if you ever see people with like teacups in holsters, that is specifically for tea dueling. I mean, Natalie, Natalie has one. I have one. Yes. I do. Um, so yeah, that's specifically for tea dueling. Um, and somebody had one and nobody else had, had come across with a tea dueling like set. And so they brought their own cup and Scott was like, oh no. We've got a saucer. Oh, I love Scott. It, it then became the magic saucer, and that that person like let people borrow her saucer. I'm have the saucer. Yeah, because he uses a lot of just like whatever he finds for like almost free at um at a uh, just kind of like goodwill places and whatnot. Because you can buy a whole bunch of them. You don't care if they get broken at this case. Well, and they were and some people are allowed to take their teacup with them. Well, I think they were using paper cups. Oh, they're using paper cups this time. All right. Oh, so he yeah. hasn't carried the crate of key cups anymore. Correct. Okay. Um, But we now have a North Texas Key Scout where they just have do tea-related stuff. And they're looking for, like, he, he showed us this Amazon listing that is like paper teacups, like disposable teacups. And I'm like, where were these? Yeah. Hey, this is the time for them all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Rita, you can totally join the tea scouts. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I kind of want to look at these people too. Let's join the tea scouts. I want to get like merit badges and stuff. Um, <laughs> that yeah. kind of scouts, Jack. What? Alcon was a lot of fun. Um, I was a, a character in the LARP that uh, Mad Raven ran, um, and I played the Leprechaun Princess. I was not Natalie. Um, <laughs> um, RJ Lundgren was the Leprechaun King. Um, I had never met RJ before, but he's a delight. He really is. Yeah. So. Um, that is that is the one thing I really did enjoy. We all we all enjoyed. Uh, doing as the LARPs at that, uh, at that event. And um, like, we even got to teach my son how to pick pockets. It was fantastic. <laughs> Great. And now he's I really good at it. 
<laughs> we have to put that back into work. No, I'm joking. Um, That's something you should be teaching your children, but I'm not kid. Well, we had a whole bunch of fake money or, or like coal credits kind of thing, you know, enough to actually buy out my reward for sure. And, uh, and so we basically we had to, everyone was doing like, that was a casino thing at the time. So we just had Cody running around, just like pulling, pulling it out of people's pockets. Cause it was very ridiculously large bills. So it looked yes. like cartoonish. <laughs> and uh, so it was really easy to keep them like in your pocket, but have them like poking out. And so you just go by and grab them and hide them. And his, he had like a little like vest. And so you like stick them and he like back over to us. <laughs> it was a gambling event as a museum. That's right. Um. And, uh, Oh, so much fun. Yeah, it was the Leprechaun King's 6,000th birthday. And since the Leprechauns had been asleep through the entire war in the multiverse, we just woke up and were meeting new people and making new friends. And there was a plot to kill the king. And Jesse and Nick thought I was behind the plot. When in really the person who played his guard was behind the plot. So Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have been like target numero uno on that one. Like, oh Jack, he's gonna do it. And I'm like, I am all here for the money and the drinks. The drinks are free, right? <laughs> if, if Natalie had been a character, definitely, but Natalie wasn't a character. So, so. Well, that was that sounds like fun. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um what else that's, did we that's one thing I think you you would enjoy, Thax. Is that the is the, the the LARPing? It's it's not like it's deep like throw the dice. It's very much just you play your character and you have things like you have a list of objections or not uh, objection objectives you have to do. Yeah. And so you can walk into it going, you're a baron, and your job here is to pay off somebody to get that guy killed or do a backwater dealing behind you know closed doors or something, and you know you just get to act all whatever you want. So try to get your objectives cleared by the end of the game. I've come from a very structured rules based kind of LARP. And so it it's felt very awkward to sort of <laughs> this sort of free form, no rules environment. Oh, there's rules. You there just rules. know the rules. But Colonel Fisk will tell you the rules if you break them. <laughs> so Boy will he <laughs> so so, yeah, no, it's, 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 it was a lot of fun. Um, the, the girl who played the dark fae princess was probably my favorite because she did so well and stole everyone's name. Everyone's. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> was so, that played by Jesse? No. No. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know the girl who played. I'll played have to find it. out. Yeah. Um, ask Jesse, I think. Okay. Ah, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I missed cons. I miss conventions so much. Like, yeah, I went back and accidentally ran across my YouTube channel for for Steam Chest, and I found my little like two minute preview, and it was actually one of our LARPs we were doing, and it was just like the extension of the LARP between LARP sessions. We're like, let's make a movie, and it first started off with like. We have a friend who's like, you know what? Like, I can do vignettes and give you guys like magic and stuff. I'm like, cool, we're gonna do that. And then it turned into, oh, let's do a scene over here. Oh, let's do this whole like prequel to the LARP and then expose after the LARP. And I just boiled it down into like a, a three to four minute <laughs> movie of whatever. Like, I had like 15 different cell phones and I didn't get all the data and I couldn't do all the cuts I wanted to do. And some of the audio was terrible. As so I'd like, I, anyway, it was it was fun figuring it all out, but it was a mess. It was like 10 hours of let's do a movie. 
out of nowhere with no clue what we're doing. And, uh, but I, I found it always fun. And that was actually done there at that, at that uh, convention. So a lot of like the shots over the same hallways and whatnot, we were trying to figure out ways to make it look like an abandoned cra crashing ship in the middle of an, e like an ether void. I don't know. It was fun. A lot of fun. I'm ready for November to get here because uh, progress is being made. We've is got there? We um, got a, a work weekend coming up for Steve. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, mostly demolition. Um, that's this weekend. What are we blowing um, up? So we can't really blow up anything because burn bans, but we can smash things and break things. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And I, I know we're breaking apart most of the tables and all of the all of the little chairs because they're so withered from the weather. Mm. Uh, I don't know the condition of my jail. I should probably figure that out. Maybe, unless you want to make it easy for me to get broken out of. <laughs> yeah, to be. So. One of those things of I have the whole whole team of horses get like lined up with chains on one side of the thing that all of a sudden I just lean too hard on it, it goes clink. Um. <laughs> You might not even have to do that. The, the the back half is just wood pallets. You probably could just push it over. But don't tell Andrew that. Nope. <laughs> oh, hi, um, puppy. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Good. It's so, so far they're expecting to be going on. Correct. As okay. of now. Yeah. As of now, it's going as usual. You're hearing it here first. Well, maybe not first, but you're hearing it here first for the first time. Right. <laughs> so. Perfect. We've just discovered a very rare bit of audio from former Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Let's have a listen. I, Winston Churchill, wholeheartedly believe that the Clockwork Cabaret is the finest example of steampunk radio programming. Never before have I heard anything quite so marvelous, and I doubt I shall ever hear anything like it again. Calpurnia, continue on your journey. Broadcasting your marvelous music and sail on to glory. If you would like to find out more about this program, please check out clockworkcabaret.com or clockworkcabaret.podbean.com or follow us on Twitter at clockworkcabaret. That's C-L-O-C-K-W-R-K Cabaret. Jack, did you have homework? I mean, I did have homework. Did I do it? Probably no. <laughs> Okay. However, I have a rousing story of how I played. Uh, well, not, I guess not horribly rousing now that we've explained team, but I've actually T-dueled someone who of of greater of greater stature than myself when it comes to uh, pop culture reference. It was the man who voiced Admiral Akbar because he's British and he walks into this T-dueling thing. He's like, "I saw it, and I've I'm British and I've never heard of what this T-dueling is. I must do this." And so I got to T-duel T-duel Admiral Akbar and. Uh, he had the grandest old time. He's like a, a guy in his 60s, and he was just like, I'm at a convention. People are paying me here to be here to talk, talk like a fish like I did back in the 80s. <laughs> Joke's on him that only in a couple more a couple more years, he'd be doing it again. Right. <laughs> it's a trap. A trap. It's perfectly safe. That was a great role. It was. Role. was yeah. Okay. Well, I okay, thought what did you do? Opportunity to talk about my favorite topic, thrifting. Which we got to talk about like a month ago, and uh, I thought I'd give it another shot tonight. I'd like to talk about specifically men's shirts. I wear those. 
I thought you might. I wear those sometimes because I can't find women's. Mm. Mm -hmm. See, I have the opposite problem. <laughs> so I thought I might, you know, throw out a few things to think about in shopping and, and thrift shopping for your steampunk costume, looking for a men's shirt or a male gendered, however you want to do the, the new gender thing. I don't know how to describe it anymore, but uh, what was once considered a men's shirt. Okay. Um, so men's fashion hasn't really changed a whole lot in a hundred no. years. No, it hasn't. Uh, 130 years, roughly, now. Yep. Um, which makes things, which you would think would make things very easy. But, uh, you know what's changed in a hundred years of men's shirts? The freaking polo. That is a terrible decision. <laughs> That's true. But I'm more specifically talking about the long-sleeved, button-down uh, shirt that every man would wear in the late 1800s. Uh, whether rich or poor, that that was, you know, the shirt. Um, and so if you go to the thrift store, there there's lots and lots of men's shirts to pick from. Uh, most of them are still wrong. Uh, and uh, among other reasons I can think of, <sighs> polyester. Or yeah. a polyester blend that you, you got to stay away from. Uh, those are terribly uncomfortable. Um, they're tacky or they have some sort of weird print on them um, that are very, I mean, much more modern. They're, they're aged and tired now, but they're not 18th century old. They're just, you know, 1980s ugly. <laughs> but even then, there's plenty of, of shirts to, to pick from. Um, an easy start is just a, a nice white Oxford shirt. Pretty mm -hmm. pretty standard, easy to find. Um, but even this is not ideal because it is, has a very uh, smooth, very high, uh, <laughs> uh, a very engineered uh, uh, fabric. It's, it's very, it doesn't have a lot of texture to it, you know, it's like a sheet. Uh, they're very nice. You'd really want to wear one, you know, in the office. But it doesn't have a lot of character. So if you found one that had like a looser weave or some sort of texture to it, I think that's better. Or like a, a pinstripe, something like this. I like pinstripe. Um, it's nice. You want to stay away from prints generally, but if you could find a nice, um, a nice stripe, that's good. Um, um, linen linen style fabric um, has a really good texture to it. Yeah. It's hard to find those in like a collared shirt a lot of the time that are linen, um, but they have the, the right texture for like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and they're also a lot cooler if you're if you're going yeah. to conventions that are rather warm. Um, and then in the case of Steampunk November, if you're going to that, you can always layer it with like a jacket. Yeah, it was always yeah. something I'm like, I'm going to wear my cool stuff and get there cover it my jacket like oh yeah but linen like are, are great uh because it gives you the texture 100 percent linen is going to be wrinkled all the time oh yeah which isn't necessarily bad but you should be prepared yes. it's just yes. it's just, just, just gonna be that way just build your costume around being wrinkled <laughs> like natalie she's got dirt all over her face she's wrinkled all the time like yep oh, here's another one i found that uh fits a little bit better as compared to the white one, you can see it's a it's a it's an off white one. It's an off white, which is which is 
I don't know if you can tell that. Yeah, we can see this clearly. This is I can't. But okay, this is slightly one's different. blue and one's black, right? Slightly, um, which you know goes white to, back. Oh, oh, yeah, goes Sorry. to the idea that it is is worn. You know that that you're. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily get laundered quite so much that you were living in it, um, but it also had it had uh, a collar, and it had a collar with some of those buttons on the edges of the collar. Mm-hmm. Those little button downs, those those are not period. Those I hate those, <laughs> but they're hard to escape from. Like all the shirts now have something like that, rather than rather than a nice stiff collar. Yeah, because no one no one irons or starches anymore. Right, but but the trick is most Victorian shirts didn't have a collar, mm-hmm. so you can just cut it off. Which oh. I and now I have a a it just has a. You know the the bottom edge of the collar, which is typical of the of the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what would happen is you would have a separate piece <laughs> of the collar that would tuck in really right to the shirt, and then you'd have a collar for your shirt, and you would just wash that part. So your your shirt would last longer because it wouldn't have to be washed as often, <laughs> which would itself give a lot of wear and tear to to a garment, and you would just replace the collars regularly or not wear one. So to, to kind of give an example of what Thax is talking about, if you've ever watched Peter Pan, the the, the cartoon by Disney, um, Mr. Darling has an attachable collar that he puts on and he's fighting with Michael about. And then his shirt front that, that is made into a treasure map is is part of part of the whole collar thing that he's d- attaching to his shirt at the very beginning of the movie. Um, so that that's an example of what Vax is talking about with the detachable collars. And, sh- and that was sort of a a, a running joke or, or a well-used joke in older cartoons where people would get in a fight and their collar would get all uh, yeah. goofed up. Um, sure. But if you're if you're playing a character that's maybe middle class or uh, working class, maybe you didn't even care about the collar. Just yeah. wore all of the shirt. That was pretty common in in the Wild West. Uh, so you could you could go that way. And I've never heard of anybody suggesting to cut your collars off. And I think it's it's pretty perfect for this. I cut I cut so many collars off at Angelo State University whenever we did any sort of Victorian show. So yeah. All right. So I'm not I just gonna... thought you were going around cutting people's collars off. You didn't have to preface it with anything else. I just cut so many collars in college. Yeah. <laughs> all the crap boys cut the collars off. Yep. Um, oh, all the pop collars. Oh, your collars off um, is uh, weathering, weathering your shirt using um, sanding pads if you really want to like scuff it up, or um, color black and brown paint, or Water run paint. over it with your car. Okay. Or oh. run over it with your car. That works. Or you throw it in the back windshield of your car for a couple of days. <laughs> there are a lot of YouTube videos on how to weather costumes, and they do it in different ways. And most of them end up like putting big holes and rents in the in the garments. And that's not really what I'm going for. It seems like people are looking for more of a, a post-apocalyptic weathering, and that's sort of a level too high. Yeah. <laughs> but I did find a great video. Um, on a channel by a gal named uh, Rachel Maxey. You guys ever seen her? Mm. Let me share the screen, okay? 
Okay. Uh, share. Uh, Rita says stain it with tea and coffee. Mm. That that works really well too. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Go with my normal ritual of just rolling in a big vat of fried chicken use and just getting in that darker grease color. Oh, I don't. I think you. Uh, I think you're going to get a sense that goes along with that that you might not enjoy. Depends on what um, you're trying to play as. <laughs> trying to stuff up leather, uh, preferably if it's fake leather, because <laughs> sometimes. Um, if you treat it with hydrogen peroxide first and kind of let the leather soak in the hydrogen peroxide before you take it, take a like sandpaper to it, it scuffs much easier. Um, hmm. I did that with my Negan jacket whenever I, I cosplayed as Negan. Um, I did that before I rolled it in gravel, but yeah. Huh. Okay. It helped. All right. Let's see. And then I rolled it in gravel to... to so Rachel Maxey has this channel. She's she does a lot of vintage costume and uh, or vintage clothing and costumes, and she's just really, really entertaining and super attractive. Uh, but she's got this uh, video uh, where she makes a Nick Valentine costume from Fallout Four. Hmm. And uh, if you're familiar with Fallout Four, Nick Valentine is a, an old. Like 1920s, 30s gumshoe character. I'm not going to play this. Um, and he, uh, he's he got this trench coat and a shirt, but it's in a post-apocalyptic world, so his uh, costume needs to be um, really sort of stained and funky. Mm -hmm. She takes this perfectly good shirt that she got from the thrift store and uh, proceeds to muck it up at the seams and uh she just uses a lot of a lot of paint she's doing a bit of cell shading too since yeah, it is a bit yeah. but I, I really liked the way she uh this method that she used <coughs> um weathers the shirt without actually damaging the shirt yeah right uh, it, it looks you know weathered and aged and dirty it's giving it's it almost that cartoon look with some yeah shading weathered and aged and dirty. Yeah. So yeah. nice. Uh, She's actually so making it dirty with paint. Right. Yeah, and oddly enough, I don't see anybody else do that. Oh, um, that wreaks hell on your washing. <clears throat> um, I, I did that with Gage the Necromancer when I did Gage the Necromancer from Borderlands because Borderlands is kind of dirty and grungy too. So I did a lot of that with her cost stuff too. So I know how to do that, but, and it's pretty simple. Um, it's all about the brush strokes. You almost want to have like a dry brush. <clears throat> um, yeah, when yeah, you're doing to just get oh. that, the, the high points that are going to yeah. catch most of the dirt. And uh, as she explains, she's kind of shoving it underneath the seams where the dirt's going to collect and not easily be cleaned be off. Jostled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend look up her channel. Uh, and I'm going to jump back here. Boop. She also has a uh, another video where she makes a uh, tea holster or a teacup uh -huh. holster. She's a tea duelist. And she makes it out of an old purse, which is also easy to find at the thrift store. Yeah, um, it's not like there's a million of those there. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, if you're <laughs> looking to get into that tea dueling action and uh, want some some 
suggestions or a little example of how you can make your own tea dueling holster set. Nice club. We're all going to join. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, I've had people talk to me about how steampunk is really expensive and I'm like, you can do it for really cheap. If you, if you just go thrifting, like, and it's better to put yeah. the time in. Yeah. Oh. Why um, buy which, why buy something you want kind of for $10 when you can spend $105 finding out all the little pieces, finding the right paint for it and all the accoutrements you want to put on it and have exactly what you wanted with a hundred more hours involved. I didn't but, want to say anything last episode where we talked about uh, pouches and belts. Um, but yeah, you can make it as expensive as you want and you can get the highest quality handmade um, craftsman gigas and, and stuff if that's the thing you really want. But you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. You can make it yourself and make it exactly the way you want. Um, and then it is very, then it's very originally you and like it. it you I like Natalie so much because I did put so much work into her that that's, that that's me. Like that, mm -hmm. that's it's the same as, as Jack. I may go as any of the reasons I might be putting <laughs> being put into prison over here. I actually have yet to impersonate the clergy, but I really do want to go as father Jack one time or a nun, either one, maybe both. I don't know. It's still one of those things I want to do. <laughs> I, I vote none. Yeah. Everyone votes none. I like this idea. Okay, we'll make this happen. I need a nun outfit now. No, the beard. None of the beard. We have a lot of them in October. I gotta be a flying nun, apparently, I'm being told. Oh, oh am I gonna be a flying nun? I don't know. These are questions we must we must venture forth into. That reminds me of a movie that yeah. came out back in, uh, I don't know, 1990? Probably. I think that's what she's referencing. Uh, so, a couple of British actors <clears throat> play these two guys who are wanted criminals and have to hide out dressed as nuns and you got monty python in there oh yeah no that's perfectly fine so go look that up it's called nuns on the run nuns on the run <laughs> i haven't seen that movie in decades i gotta go look that up <laughs> oh oh I, I do actually have some homework i'm gonna come in and write on the uh right at right at the 11th hour on this oh um, okay go for it Something we talked about last time, but since last time didn't work out, and we had no, you know, we were in jail, and I don't know what you're talking about. Please tell me this thing. The, the audio wasn't working. Well, let me share my screen real quick, and then that one. So, medieval blacksmiths are helping the Ukrainian effort. Basically, a bunch of you, most most people don't realize this, but most fighting armor of the period in the, like the the 1800s, 1700s, 1600s armor is actually made in Ukraine. Well. They've all been streaming as they have been like making other things like these wonderful anti-tank uh, roadblocks. And uh, uh, they were also streaming recently. I found another more recent one somewhere where they were, I think it probably got taken down because it's a little, it's exactly how to make those cool Molotov cocktails they're making now, like you found earlier, Thax. And uh, yeah, that one's a little too, uh, probably a little too good for, for most of the internet to be able to access. But um I don't know. I just find it hilarious how people who have these wonderful skills at making things from literally 400 years ago have just gone straight into essentially wartime effort, defending their own country their way. Like, we need to keep tanks from coming across this. I, I know how to fix that. Uh, <laughs> and they're pulling out anti-tank uh, guards. I don't have another picture. I can't find it right off. The big X's that you'd see sitting in the water and whatnot on like D-Day. 
they pulled them out of museums with the plaques on them saying which museums they were pulled from so they can replace them later. And uh, they can put it back at the museum with another tagline on there saying they were also used in the defense of this nation at this time period as well. So like a lot of museum pieces are being pulled out in the defense of their nation as well. Like You don't see that. We've, we've never run into this before. This is new. Usually technology has progressed so far beyond or is such a lightning quick or it's such an, an encompassing engagement that this wouldn't make enough difference. But here we are put into a position where, I don't know, it, it just, to me, it, it, I find it fascinating. It's pretty inspiring. Yeah. And the fact you can watch these guys yelling about things and cursing at like three in the morning on your stream, on, on their stream for you in the daytime as they're like welding and then talking <laughs> jovially with you guys about everything that's going on and being very honest. And uh, it's because like, there's no other real, you know, there's so much interconnected news these days. You're going to take a shot for them. With that, I'm having another drink. Sounds <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. like these. It's uh, explain why my wife is really enjoying this. Glory <laughs> to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. So I ordered, I ordered something for my boyfriend that I didn't realize was coming from Ukraine. Oh. Uh -oh. <clears throat> yeah, and um, they sent me a message, and they're like, hey, um, just to let you know, uh, Putin is invading our land, and um, we can't get to our factory right now, or our, our shop right now, so we can't, we can't get to your thing, and um, we also can't get to our bank right now, so I can't send you back your money. And I was like, Keep it. Keep the money. If I never get this thing, I do not care. Like, keep it. I got With a message a week ago, and they're like, hey, we can get back to the post office now. Um, but it's going to go through Poland first. And I'm like, okay. So it's like, I don't really care about this item anymore, except the historical ramification, like the fact of the story that goes with this item now. You're going to have, like, <laughs> the correspondence printed on paper and like yeah. tea stain it now and like hang it up with the item. No, they were, they were, I was, I was like, as soon as I learned it was from Ukraine and I was like, oh no. And I, I, I didn't expect them to say anything to me, but they were, they did. And I was like, thank you for being honest. And I support you. Like, here's my money. Like, <laughs> just dang it. One it's of the great. other cool things I've seen happen with that kind of thing in mind is that a lot of people are renting out Airbnb homes with no intent of going and staying in them, of course, yeah. but because they're housing refugees from other parts of their own nation, but you're paying the people who own the homes to help keep that perpetuating. Yep. And it's like $14 a night. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, when all this is done and said, I'm what I kind of want to go travel through Ukraine just to enjoy being in Ukraine. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what's left of it. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, those wonderful Turkish drones are doing some fantastic devastation to the Russian military. So, I didn't and you know, the farmers just picking up tanks with their with their tractors. And literally rolling up on a tank regiment, going, "Hey, you've run out of gasoline. Need me to tow you home?" <laughs> yep. Oh, the... We we talked about we. You didn't get to see us on our show last two weeks ago, where we talked about getting money to Ukrainians. It didn't even occur to me. They wouldn't be able to get to their bank. Yep. Yeah. So, so Bitcoin. Crap. Bitcoin wallets have been what they've been using. Yeah. Because you, even though your bank is closed, you can still get online with your bank if, if the servers aren't down. So they're transferring their money out of their bank accounts into Bitcoin wallets. They don't even have to convert it to Bitcoin. They can just put it in the wallet. 
then they get to yep. Poland and they can dump their money over into a new bank. And so there's one kind of cool thing that's being used for having a decentralized monetary currency. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my coworkers is currently in, in Hungary because that's where she's from. And, um, we were like, she was supposed to come back in March, and she's like, nope, I'm going to stay longer because I want everything to blow over first. I was like, okay, cool. So we were hoping to have her back by May, but we we don't know. So, But she's safe and she's good, So, but Hungary is pretty close. <laughs> Hungary is very close. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's yep. about that time. Uh, so I want to take a, a couple of minutes here to thank all our, our patrons on Patreon who are helping us out to uh, pay the bills that are keeping our, our podcast up and available. Uh, a thank you to the Dowager Duchess Claire Bear, Jenny and Ryan Shaver, uh, Kitty Vinson, and Rita and Lawrence Allen, who have been watching and commenting tonight. So thank you for tuning in, Rita and Lawrence. Uh, if you didn't already know, we're on Facebook at Tech the Steampunk Connection which we're streaming from right now, but you might be listening to this later. Uh, you can email us at texassteampunkconnection at gmail.com or listen to our podcast at texassteampunkconnection.podbean.com or on Twitter uh, at txsteampunkconnect No, you get that right. At txsteamconnect1 because that was what was available. <laughs> and we're on YouTube and now Rumble through Team Chest subscription box. So thanks, Jack, for, for posting us over there. You're welcome. And the moment that I get it all figured out, and if Facebook kicks us off again, we will be going through Pirate Radio through Steam Chest YouTube onto Facebook or something. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And the opening music, and maybe the music you're listening to now, is from zapsplat.com. <laughs> so thanks, Zapsplat, for letting us steal your music um do you have either of you have anything else to add that you'd like people to know uh before we uh end the uh podcast tonight i'm good everybody for joining in and uh um being patient with us when we weren't able to to show up last two weeks ago but we, we did our best and we will be back in another two weeks on Tuesday night, we look forward to uh, talking and seeing you again then. Until then, mind your gauges. <laughs> mind your gauges. Mind your gauges.